and welcome to the Not Your Type podcast, aimed to uplift and empower everyone in the diabetic community, from supporters to professionals, and of course, those living with it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Not Your Type podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Gothi, and I'm so excited to be back. I hope you all had a restful spring break if you had one. I just came back from mine. It's been my first full week back, and I'm just feeling so motivated to get more of these episodes out and also share more about the exciting things I have planned and everything that's in store for my T1D advocacy. If you haven't listened to our most recent podcast, go check it out. It's featuring Type One Way Ticket, and it's all full of travel stories and advice and tidbits and just such incredible stories that I really loved and resonated with and actually took with me for spring break. I went to Canada and saw the Flame of Hope in Dr. Banting's house, who was the person that discovered insulin. His house was memorialized as a museum and national historic site of Canada, and it was just such an incredibly eye-opening trip. I'll probably do a whole episode debrief on this, but also go check out the Discovery of Insulin episode where I talk more about Dr. Banting and the legacy that he left and impact he left for the T1D community. So if you want to check out more of that, watch my episode, visit the Banting House's website and Facebook, and also check out my Instagram at Miss Polk County to see a little more of what the tour was like and the stuff that I was able to see because it was so moving. It was the best spring break ever. For today's episode, however, we are featuring a title holder within the Miss America organization. She is Miss Fitzgerald 2023 in Georgia, Charlie Harper. She was diagnosed with type 1 at 18 years old just three short years ago and has already started her work to advocate for diabetes and mental health. Something people might not know about me if you're new to this podcast is that I compete in competitions through the Miss America organization. I compete right here in Iowa, so I'll be competing for Miss Iowa in June for my 13th year. I started when I was 10 years old and worked all the way up to the Miss Age division. To have that representation in this program is so important because it shows that you can still be successful in those spaces, whether it's competitions like Miss America or sports or in specific jobs and fields. I felt like growing up, I never saw myself in those spaces. And now I get to be a person who is proving that I deserve to take up that space. And Charlie is doing that exact same thing. So she's advocating for mental health and diabetes and gives us some incredible insight into her growth over the past three years as a recently diagnosed diabetic. So without further ado, please welcome Charlie. I'm here with Charlie Harper and she is Miss Fitzgerald in the Miss America program. And she's gonna just tell us a little more about herself and her initiative, which is spoiler related to diabetes. So <laughs> go ahead and just share who you are and kind of what your what your journey is through both diabetes and Miss America. Yeah, so um, my name is Charlie Harper, I'm 19 and I'm a sophomore um, in college. Uh, I started the Miss America organization back in July, and I started out with my service initiative being um, women empowerment. I went to Matt and Meredith Boyd, who are like the photographer in Atlanta, and Matt's a type 1 diabetic, and I was sitting there getting my photos done, getting my hair and makeup done, and 
Meredith was like, she was like, why don't, why don't you make your service initiative into something about diabetes? And I knew my own personal struggles um, with diabetes wasn't so much like um, the physical aspect of things, but it was, it was more mentally for me. And I had this like this thought in my mind. I was like, I'm probably not the only one who deals with this. I was like, so I really want to have, you know, raise awareness about the mental side of things because not a lot of people focus on that. So um, I then changed my service initiative to diabetes and mental health. And I believe that's one of the reasons why I have stuck with the Miss America organization is because it gives me the opportunity to raise awareness and it, it allows me to have a voice. I've always said in my interviews that I felt like I got my voice back because of the Miss America organization, and it's just so true. I didn't realize, though, until you had made that really incredible post about Matt and Meredith Boyd and that experience that Matt Mm -hmm. was diabetic. I had no idea, and they're a huge, prominent headshot and makeup duo in yeah the in the world of competitions and pageantry so that's pretty incredible yeah. and i i really love everything that you post and all the information that you share Thank so you. how you. how long ago were you diagnosed with diabetes and what was the impact it had on your mental health then and even now it was back in october of 2021 so i was 18 at the time which, you know, usually type 1 diabetes is considered like juvenile diabetes. So like, it was kind of a shocker that I got diagnosed with it, you know, 18 years into my life, because usually it's detected early on. And um, honestly, I, it's really hard to put into words, like everything that, that it affected. I mean, of course, it affected me physically, like I had to learn how to live a whole new life. But I think the thing that bothered me the most is, you know, I thought people were going to think I was unhealthy and people were going to look at me differently and, you know, feel bad for me. And that's definitely not what I want <laughs> whatsoever. Um, and then I started wearing a Dexcom on my arm because, you know, my mom was like, I think it would be a lot more convenient for you. You know, it helps you manage your glucose levels a lot easier. But I was so embarrassed of it at first because I thought people was going to think I was weird. I thought I was going to like stand out, but in a bad way. Um, I feel like that's probably a lot of things that um, a lot of type 1 diabetics like struggle with. That part was really hard for me. I just was scared that people was going to look at me like I didn't take care of myself or that I was unhealthy. Why this is called the Not Your Type podcast is because there are so many misconceptions that I've dealt with as well. I was diagnosed when I was 11 and I... probably lost 10 to 15 pounds before I was diagnosed, which is a common symptom. And there were so many people that were like, did you eat too much sugar? Do you not eat healthy at home? Will this just go away if you eat healthy food? And I even had one person who, when I told the class about it, he said, I don't want to catch what you have. And he went to the clear other side of the hallway. And granted, we were 11, 12 years old, but that still is old enough to know not to be that unkind and so there's so many misconceptions that lead to these harmful stigmas and stereotypes around it and so not your type is exactly what you were saying we're not that type of person if anything we are so (laughs) careful with our health because we have to be and I remember I was I was scared to wear I have a freestyle libre but I was scared to get a CGM for years because I didn't Mm -hmm. want that same thing to happen where people looked at me in a poor way because I had this. And now it's almost 
a badge of honor. I, I think I love right. showing it off and I love being like, this is who I am. If you want to ask about yeah. it, I will gladly tell you. So I love that you're yeah. doing that too. Yeah. I love when people ask me about it. I love explaining what it is and what it does. Any struggles now with your mental health and diabetes that has changed since your diagnosis? It's, it's not as bad as it was when I first got diagnosed, but I think a lot of that is because of the Miss America organization, because it has given me such an opportunity to like talk to so many people, just like you, like to so many people about it. And, you know, it reminds me, you know, I'm not going through this alone. There's like millions of other people out there that are going through the same thing that I am. You know, I'm not this like contagious disease. It's like a instant killer kind of person, you know, like I still have my struggles, which I think that comes with you know, being a type one diabetic, but it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. Comes too from, I guess you were diagnosed what a year and a half ago, sort of. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that comes with its own challenges. Is that first couple of years living with it is so different. I mean, what was that mm-hmm. diagnosis like? Was it a surprise? Did you have it run in your family and you kind of were expecting it? How how did that happen? It was my freshman year of college. Um, I had been going to classes for about two weeks and I got COVID-19 and, um, you know, I was in the house for like two weeks and like I I felt terrible and probably three to four weeks after I started feeling better, I felt like I had anxiety all the time. So I couldn't eat and I wouldn't eat and I lost like 15 pounds, which I'm already very small framed as it is. So I was like, 80 pounds at the time of my diagnosis and I was like there's something that's just like not right so my aunt used to be a nurse and she was like why don't we check your blood sugar and I did and it was so high that the the monitor couldn't even pick it up like it just said hi so she was like you need to go to the hospital like now so I went to the emergency room and they checked my sugar and it was in the 1000s And she was like, yeah, like, you need to get admitted to the hospital immediately. So um, no one else in my family has ever had type 1 diabetes. Um, I was the first one. Um, I was in the hospital for almost a week. You know, it it was a difficult time. And yeah, it was a major shocker for me and for my whole family. I love diagnosis stories because they're so different, but it always just hits me because it's never a convenient time. It's never not a surprise. Even I have it running in my family. My dad and my grandmother Mm -hmm. have it, but it still felt like the biggest shock of my life. I mean, I'm so, I'm so glad you had your, your aunt who was a nurse to be able to Mm -hmm. help you with that because if it was already in the thousands, oh my gosh. And I'm glad Mm -hmm. you had the care that you, that you needed. Going back to mental health, how do you think mental health issues manifest differently in diabetics than maybe in someone who's not diabetic or doesn't deal with these chronic illnesses? For someone who's not diabetic, they don't have to, no, I'm not saying that people don't care about their physical health, but they don't have to constantly track their physical health. Like if they're having a bad mental day, they can like take a second back and just focus on that. But with being a diabetic, like it's a constant check. Like you have to constantly be, I don't want to say worried or concerned, but pretty much you have to be concerned <laughs> about your health constantly. So like if you're having a bad mental day, like you can't just like take a step back and be like, I'm not going to think about anything but my mental health right now, because you always have that possibility of, you know, 
my sugar's too high. My sugar's too low. Like you can't let that kind of thing just slide. So I think it's, it's much more harder for people who have diabetes to be able to focus on their mental health alone because there's, they're also constantly struggling with the physical disease. And they always say it's a 24 seven job and it really is. It really is. And even you mentioned physical health. I mean, you have to, before you work out, you have to make sure your blood sugars are okay. Are they going to drop? Are they going to go higher? So (laughs) it's, it's definitely a huge thing to balance. Um, What are some symptoms, at least when you were taking care of your own mental health that you noticed in terms of mental health? What are some of those symptoms people can kind of look for? I just had this like fit of rage and it's almost like the, 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 the grieving process you know you you go through this thing where it's like why me and then you get angry and then you just turn your back on the world and you kind of just live like this ruthlessly routine and you're just like you know I don't care because the world turns its back on me so I'm gonna do the exact same thing you know so for me it was just like I, I knew that I was sad about it but I'm the type of person who's like I don't want to be sad because I'm strong so I didn't let I didn't let myself process what was going on in my head. (laughs) I knew I was upset about it. I knew I was sad about it, but I didn't want to seem weak in front of my family or my friends or whoever it may be. So I just kind of held it all in. And eventually, you know, it's going to break loose at some point. And it did. And whenever it did, it was just, it was the worst thing. It was the darkest place I'd ever been in my entire life. Like, there's a lot of personal things that went with it that like normal me would have, I would have never thought about, would have never done to myself. But I was just in so much anger and so much denial that I couldn't help it. It was a fit of rage and I was just point blank angry. That's important to recognize because that doesn't just go away. There's times where my mom says it's throwing a pity party for yourself. There are some days I call her up crying because I'm so tired of dealing with this, knowing that there are so many other people that never have to think twice about this. They never have to think or worry about blood sugars, taking shots every single day, knowing what insulin does. They don't even need to know what that terminology means. And it can be so frustrating. And so the fact that you recognize that is also great because that early diagnosis, it's so hard when it, whether it runs in your family or not. How do you... Or how did you kind of work through that? Was it all on your own? Did you seek out resources? What was that process like? I I pretty much just kind of worked my way through it by myself. I mean, obviously, I had my mom there with me to kind of guide me and be like, you know, this is just something that you have to deal with. And it's like, you kind of have to suck it up. And it kind of hurts. And it was very sucky at first. But, you know, I had to do it. And, you know, she she helped me through a lot. I mean, I never seeked like other resources and whatnot. Um, because I thought like, you know, I think I can definitely manage this on my own as long as it doesn't get too bad because it did get to a point where it was, it was getting pretty rough. But one morning I woke up and I was just learned, I was like, I have to straighten myself out. You know, this is something that happened to me and it's out of my control and there's nothing I can do about it. So I might as well learn to live with it. And how to be healthy and live with it, you know, both physically and mentally. That's the harsh reality check that you eventually have to have is it's not why me, it's this is me now and I have to work through it. Otherwise, the alternative is 
not going to be an ideal outcome. I mean, it's going to be a dangerous one and a potentially fatal one. I think there are other great resources. I know I personally have gone to therapy before, both for diabetes burnout, just feeling so tired of taking care of myself, but also general mental health. I deal with anxiety and I have even before I was diabetic. I really think it's been a lifelong thing. I just didn't get it diagnosed until later. And Mm -hmm. getting that help if you have access to it is so important. I know trusting in your doctors is also a really great way to make sure you're mentally doing okay just as much as physically. So having that support system because it can feel so lonely. I mean, it's an isolating disease and being able to share it with someone is so important. And again, that's why it's so important you're spreading this message because so many people don't realize the toll that it has on your mental health. Let's see. Let's talk more about Miss America. So how did you decide to get involved with the Miss America organization in July? What what brought that about? I went to Miss Georgia as a princess um, for Miss Abeck. Um, She was competing at the time. I knew her really well. She was my pageant coach. Um, She asked me to be a princess. And of course, I was like, yes, I'm so happy. And ever since I stepped foot in Columbus, I knew that I wanted to be Miss Georgia one day. Like that's always been a dream of mine, and I I've done I've done competitions and pageantry for like twelve years of my life now, and I took a five year break um, in high school because I was a pre professional dancer, but whenever I got back into college, I did Miss Abac. So I, I go to Abac, so I did Miss Abac, and I won in March of last year. And I wanted to go to Miss Georgia as Miss Abac, but it was after they had already held forum and it was just way too late for me to get in paperwork and sign up and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, well, after the competition's over this year, I'm going to compete in some prelims. So I started immediately after Miss Georgia 2022 was crowned. (laughs) Um, I went straight to Miss Warner Robins and that's exactly where I started. And I knew from the moment that I competed there that I did not want to give up. I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. A little bit harder than what I thought it was going to be, but I just loved it. I love the organization. I love what it stands for and everything else. So I decided to continue, and here we are. (laughs) How does Mm -hmm. dancing and diabetes work? Is that kind of hard to manage, or is it a nice outlet for you? Yeah, um, it's just like going to the gym because – you know, I'm in the dance studio all week. I'm in the gym all week, and it kind of, kind of has the same effect. Like, it's hard sometimes when you're having those days where your blood sugar wants to like drop to like seventy, and you know it doesn't want to get back up because it happens to me sometimes. Um, you just have to keep a check on it, you know. And whenever I dance pre-professionally, I hadn't been diagnosed yet, so I didn't have to worry about things like that. But now that I'm dancing and I have to constantly check my blood sugar, it's a little bit harder. And it's, like, it's the same way with working out. Like, you know, it's harder to manage. You know, I'm not a dancer. I'm a singer. So dancing okay. is not my forte. But with working out, I know it can be tricky. But at the same time, it's a nice outlet for me and clearing my mm. mental health. It's kind of a nice self-care activity that I've done. And I feel like once you get used to it, it's just a great way to almost forget about your diabetes for even just a brief moment and so it's awesome that you get to kind of use that through dance and that's incredible that you're like a professional I cannot even fathom (laughs) being that level of a dancer 
Before you, you know, share anything more about where we can find you and follow along, I want to do just a quick lightning round of questions. So first of all, what's your favorite low blood sugar snack? Um, orange juice. I literally, I actually have one sitting right here. <laughs> I grabbed this on me. Um, but orange juice, go. I could drink it all day long. Burnt out of orange juice. That was usually my go-to. Really? And now I yeah. really like granola bars or raisins, but orange juice is mm. a good one because it's fast acting. Yes. Um, what's your favorite self-care activity? Self-tanning. Yeah. Uh, um, I have a little bit of, of an um, obsession self-tanning but it's definitely part of my self-care routine so <laughs> you haven't been in miss america extremely long but what's your best memory so far most definitely when i did miss fitzgerald and um i met my pageant best friend there her name is lizzie and she's actually going to miss georgia with me in um june yeah she's miss tri rivers but um just meeting her and getting close to her and being able to call her one of my sisters is definitely my highlight so far I've met some of my best friends through this organization too. So I wholeheartedly agree. So we have four points of the crown for listeners who don't know. There's four points of the Miss America crown, scholarship, service, style, and success. What is your favorite point? A part of me wants to say service just because I am so passionate about diabetes and mental health. I love getting the word out there. but I'm very much a style girl as well. So it's very hard to choose between the two. And the last question, where can we find you? What are your social media handles and where can we follow your journey? So my Instagram is MissFitzgerald.2023 and my Facebook is MissFitzgerald and my personal page is Charlie Harper on Instagram and Charlie Alexis Harper on Facebook. Well, thank you so much. And I can't wait to share this with everyone. Seriously, so many incredible moments. You're doing such great work especially in such a short amount of time. And I just can't wait for everyone to follow along. I'll make sure to put all those socials in the show notes. And just thank you so much. Thank you so much, Charlie, for joining us on this episode of the Not Your Type podcast. If you'd like more, you can follow her social media from the show notes. You can also follow me on social media at Miss Polk County 2023 or at Miss Polk County on TikTok. And if you'd like to learn more about mental health and diabetes, let me know. I'd love to do a separate episode just on some of the facts and tips that even I found to work. There's so much more in store, and I just cannot wait for the rest of this year with you all. Until next time.